I'm Logan Crawford, and right now on The Right Way, we're talking about the power of prayer and how to harness it when troubled times come or even when you want to celebrate life. The name of the book is called Prayer When You Don't Have the Words, I Walked with Jesus by Tamara Michelle Dobbs, and we are delighted to have her as a guest here today on The Right Way. Tamara, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love your book. It's an important book. Prayer is an essential part of my life. If it's not an essential part of our viewers' lives, I suggest picking up this book and start praying right away. You'll see miraculous differences. Tell me a little bit about your journey, why why you wrote this book on prayer. Well, first of all, all my life, I've um, I had my first angelic experience when I was a little girl. And I started checking into all the religions I could check into. I started seeing angelics when I was little, and I've always been in prayer. In fact, there's part of me that, while I'm talking to you, is having this nice little prayer saying, you know, may this may this touch the hearts of people that it needs to touch. And um, so that prayer without ceasing has always been a huge part of my life. I found, I, I was in a lot of accidents. I've had a lot of trauma. And I found that a lot of people need hope. And I had a person on the table, my massage table, because that's what I do for my normal everyday income. And something was really wrong. And I asked to sweep her energy and I asked if I could do a prayer for her. And she, by the time I finished, she said it was the most beautiful prayer she ever heard. It completely changed her attitude. And, um, she said, that's going to be the book you're going to write. I have another one that I've been writing for years. And she said, this is going to be the one. And then a couple of weeks later, somebody reached out to me and said, would you speak at our conference? And then it turns out, I'm going to start it. Last week of June is going to be done by the middle of July, and I'll have it in editor's hands by August. Oh, I had wonderful. never heard that before, not in my head. And I found that that's exactly how it went. And I dreamt about a waterfall being close by. I ended up driving 5,500 miles round trip to go write the first edition of this. And um, one, I did something stupid. And I ended up in the hospital for a couple of days because of it. I was reacting. And um, my heart stopped twice. And then, and all of it was because nobody was listening to me. I said I was sick and they weren't listening. Mm. I actually had a five pound baseball sized gallbladder. I was sick. God. And they convinced others that it was all in here. It wasn't. Um, I went home after uh, two months later and my gallbladder went. Mm. And I ended up in the hospital for 10 days. They sent me home and a week later I died. And that's when I walked with Jesus. Hmm. I just shortly after that got asked to add 20 more pages and, um, and, and publish it with a different company, which I did. Um, something happened with that company. And I ended up with uh, crown books from New York. Uh, they came out of nowhere. And I've been very happy with them so far. Um, that angels and Jesus have always been part of 
real big part of my life. Now, Jesus, I kind of put him aside because I put him, you know, I was like, Jesus and my brother, mm -hmm. all my brothers have been too busy for me. Jesus is very busy. <laughs> we have a lot right. of people. So I put him aside. And then God, I was a little frightened of him because we have parents. I didn't trust my parents. And I read another book, which I'm not sure I can mention here, but I read another book. And all of a sudden I realized I trust God. Jesus walks with me always. And the funny part about that, um, the gallbladder thing was I had come home from the hospital. They didn't give me antibiotics. They didn't do all these things. I went in to go have the tubes pulled out. I was still sepsis. I was mm -hmm. still sick. And uh, that was on a Friday and Sunday. I laid down to take a nap. And my guy's like, I think we need to take you to the hospital. I said, they're going to send me home. They're going to tell me I'm crazy. Right. And he laid, he laid, he lays like, I lay here. He lays here. He likes the fan and I like the heater. Hmm. And um, the cat woke him up. Uh, he can't meow. 18 pounds jumped up and down on him and, Anyway, he ends up um, waking, seeing that I was not breathing and I had no heartbeat. And I had the most beautiful man, most beautiful, reached out, took my hand, and we perused the heavens. Mm -hmm. um, it, everything, I keep saying everything changed my life, but, and that was so magnificent i actually came back depressed mm. i came back angry that i couldn't stay now the other times that i've had experience the first one i asked to stay second one i was given a choice third time i got laughed at the fourth fourth i wanted to stay because here i was with him right a couple months later i get a, a dream and there he is again and he's like tamara why do you think we went through all this? And I'm like, I'm not sure. He goes, you have a job. You have a job that others can do, but only you have the passion that we have put in there. You are to give hope. Oh, go get over yourself, literally, I swear. He, he, he pointed at me, he says, get over yourself. And you get busy. And ever since then. Amazing. It's either I'm working on, on, I'm pulling things together and getting this little book out, getting the other one, which actually talks more about my journey to here as well as the journey there. Yeah. Because this, this little book is a prayer book and then just has a little bit about my history. And about the fact that I got to I got to walk with him. Amazing, amazing! I love the connection, uh, the faith. Um, you know, it's I must have meant very faith renewing for you to have that experience. You know, with your heart stopping and seeing Jesus, and you know, having this otherworldly experience, really realizing the beauty of it, and then realizing it that you still had work to do on this earth. That's why we're here. We have work to do. And 
some people get so tied up. It's like we just had Ian hit. We just had this horrific thing happen. And I've been, nothing happened in my place. Nothing. Except for a plant. (laughs) And I'm on the river and everybody else has got their stuff six feet high all the way from one end of the street to the other end of the street. And I've been out there tearing out walls and doing things with them. And I, I was in prayer through the whole storm. And then at one point I finally said, God, I think some of us have got our lesson. It really, we've been beat up enough. And that I went over and it, we were the southernmost wall and it just all of a sudden flipped that wind and the water that had just started to go in was getting ready to go into the condos below us, went back out into the river. I was like, okay, coincidence? <laughs> Maybe know. not. Maybe the power Maybe of prayer. Not. Maybe yeah. not. You know, right. I have a friend who was a total unbeliever had just sent me the text and said, Tam, I got it. Please, please, please tell God to change something. I know. And it was that instant. And then somebody said, why didn't you do it earlier? And I said, I was in prayer the whole time. Yeah. It's, Sometimes it's, it, we have to have our lessons. Yeah. Sometimes. Go ahead. I was saying, I love the fact that you constantly communicate with God or constantly prayerful. You know, I feel a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this, is that we often only pray when we're in a bad situation where somebody is sick or, you know. Before bed, before food, or when you wake up in the morning, you don't think about the in-between times. Right. The in-between times. I get on this road, and nobody knows how to drive down here. (laughs) So prayer for everybody. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think about growing up. I mean, we live in such a secular age where God is removed from everything. Um, I grew up, I said my prayers at night with my mom. We said prayers at dinner time. We went to church on Sunday. And, you know, a lot of us just let that slide. I still pray. I'm still a believer. Um, I, you know, I say the Lord's prayer, Hail Mary, act of contrition. Those are my prayers. Um, but, uh, I like the fact that your book creates prayers for many, many different moods in life and many, many different ways to connect to God. The other thing about the book is yes, I am, um, Christian based. And at the same time, I don't care what religion you are. Yeah. The fill in the blank prayers, because even in Christianity, you have dear God, dear Jesus, dear Lord, and it goes on and on and on. You go into the Catholic religion, you have your saints. You go into the Judaism, Judas, uh, Jew. Judaism, (laughs) yep. I knew what you meant. Judaism, thank you. Uh, You go into that, they have 72 names for God. Uh, Some of them are unspeakable. Right. For more reasons than not. But uh, even the Muslims, everybody has their own approach to how they talk to God. My middle sister, who is no longer with us, would say, hey, dude in the sky, we need to have a talk. My (laughs) oldest sister, (laughs) I know, she was very successful with that. 
Um, my oldest sister was Dear Jehovah. God bless her. It right. makes that was a difficult thing for us to deal with, but it worked for her. Mm. My mother was um, I love this. Power for good. It's time we take action. That was how she did it. None of these people went to church until I had my first my first angelic experience between three and four. Mm. Tell me about that. And then the, your first angelic experience when you were a young child. I was um, between the ages three and four, and I had a hundred and five temperature. Mm. I had pneumonia. I'm prone. My weak spots, my lungs. Mm. Oh, let's put it this way: my weak spot used to be my lungs. Right. Um, so she put me in a tepid bath, which, as far as I was concerned, was an ice bath. Right. Wrapped me up, and because she didn't feel good either we went to sleep. We were in Gainesville, Georgia at the time. It was winter. Mm -hmm. And I have a nickname that my family gave me and I don't like using it. So I'm not going to say what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, one of them anyway. Um, but this person, this being called me Tamara, Tamara, Tamara. And I'm like, okay. So I got these little padded little feet because she had me in full-fledged pajamas. And I walked out to the kitchen, and over in the left-hand side, up by the ceiling, was a man all in white. Mm. And he asked me to go with him. And I said, I, I want to stay with my mother, mm. my brother, and my one grandmother, not the one we were living with at the time. I didn't say my father, there's issues with those. Mm -hmm. Made peace with him, by the way, and her. Um, so all of that, and he said, all right, you can stay. Well, I went back and instead of going back to bed, we had this um, cupboard that kind of had the towels in it, had a towel warmer, and I crawled in with the towel warmer. And the only thing that was left out was my foot, which I still do to this day, I always got one foot out. Yeah. And my mother uh, was walking around, she couldn't find me. She flipped, very dramatic woman. And she's, she's screaming my name and she sees my foot sticking out of this thing and he yanks me out. Wow. So the thing is, the next thing she we got to talking as to what happened and who was this man that called me and I, told her she didn't understand she said take me where you saw him and i'd point up in the corner and she said well what did he want and i said he wanted to take my me out of my body mm. i was not i didn't know about angels i didn't know about jesus i didn't know any of that right just this beautiful man wanted to take my me out of my body and she said why did you go and I said, I want to stay with you and Bryce and my grandmother masters. And she, and they said, all right. Amazing. Well, then many years passed. And she asked me about it. Oh, I'd say about 10 years before she passed away. Mm -hmm. She asked me to, to repeat what I, what had happened. Do I remember it? I said, I remember it like it was 10 minutes ago. In fact, I remember it better than 10 minutes ago. Um, and then I was hit head on with a semi truck in December 11th, 1985. And I got to meet 
two angels. Wow. And um, that one, I was in a tunnel. My mother and I had separate stories. They jived, but not totally. Mm. She was outside the tunnel. She had just done something that um, she didn't think God would be happy with. And then my, they gave me a choice. And I said, please send me back. Let me go do the job that you sent me here for. Right. And um, I had no idea how much pain there was going to be involved in that. I might have changed my mind if I had known. And at the same time, I've touched so many people on a one-to-one basis, sometimes in groups. And I give hope. It's what I do. Yeah. That's great. Well, you have that hope within you. I feel I, your story you told about when you were a child, not only had you not known the story of Jesus and heaven and angels and all that, you also didn't know the concept of the soul. Yet no. you were telling your mom that he wanted to take the me out of me, you know? Yes. Yeah. My me out of my body is what mm. I told her. Amazing. Totally. And then I started saying, can I, I started hearing things and I'm like, well, what's church? Can I go with you? And um, in Gainesville, Georgia, there's not a lot to choose from. You have right. your Baptist, you have your Lutheran, you might have a Methodist and there was a Catholic church. Right. I went to all of them before we moved. And yeah. how do you do that? You got to ask your parents, can I go with them? Mm. And then uh, over the years, things changed a lot between in, in our family. It was a lot of growth. I'm sure. You know, I lived down south. I lived in Atlanta for a number of years. And what I loved living in the south was it seemed like it really is the Bible Belt. It is very spiritual. Um, people refer to the Lord and to Jesus in their ordinary conversation all the time. They're very prayerful. I think that really suited you right living in such an area where you know the essence or the spirit of god seems to be around you a lot well the interesting part is i started a business called a healing touch therapeutic massage hmm. turns out i lived on the same block we left by the time i was five we lived on the same block there was a a spa called healing touch just half a mile away from where i lived i this is all just it all just fits in it's this great big puzzle and and, and it just all fits together mm. who i am and what i do and right I, my attitude is that if i'm in a grocery store and somebody's bitchy there's two things one they might have a blood sugar issue <laughs> two maybe they need a smile right Maybe they need a stupid joke. I don't know. I've got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot of, a lot of tools in your bag of tricks to bring out the best in people, which is great, which is great. I, I love that your book has so many different types of prayers. Explain to the audience the different sections of your book and what you try to address. Well, what I was, I started out with, the prayer for my friend who um, she'd been married 30 years and found out it wasn't legal. 
mm. and she had three children. Wow. So, um, well, we did we did one for peace of mind, for clarity, for getting things um, correct. Um, so, I mean, all of those were each different chapters. Um, I had a lot of forgiveness work to do. I, my parents were hard. I, I sometimes would call my mother my momster, and <laughs> I adored her. She was she was just beautiful, and my father was dynamic, and he wasn't one of the most mentally balanced of men. Mm. So I I learned to love those people that have illnesses, mental illnesses. They had two different types. Fortunately, I genetically did not get them. I went and got tested right. because um, I know things. And so because I know things, I got a little scared that maybe I might be schizophrenic or all those right. other things. Right. So I've been, I've been tested three, three times. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm all right. Yeah. So um, the prayer, each one of them is, and I have, have it right yeah. here. Um, is that I started out with why it's important to me. And my first one was journey of service. Mm -hmm. And my journey of service is because I'm all about giving. Now, somewhere along the line, I had to learn to give back to myself first, put that oxygen mask on right. because I would give it all before it would ever with. And then I went into um, prayer for forgiveness. And I talk about my some of my journey with my mother and my father and some of my siblings and then how how i had to work through it how i had to learn to love the monsters yeah. because you know god loves us i don't care how bad or how ugly or how monstrous you are i may have the inability to to love certain types of people why don't they have that inability anymore it just means I have boundaries that I don't let them in my world. Right. Um, but each one of these was something that happened in my life. One of my nieces, one of my great nieces passed away at 29. She's in the book. Her name's Annie. And um, I wrote the prayer as if it was my daughter, not my niece's daughter. Um, because Annie was as important, even though I don't have children, because I don't have children, my nieces and my nephews were, right. they were my family. And many of them were my age because my oldest sister is 20 years older than I am. So, mm -hmm. um, each one of these prayers had to do with something I was going through or I had gone through or somebody I knew like unrequited love is another niece. Uh, I gave him a a goofy name because I really didn't, I didn't like him much. So right. that's the best I could do. <laughs> um, I have a, one for selling houses. That works extremely well, by the way. I mean, everybody who has ever used that prayer has sold their houses within 15 to 30 days and closed. Right. That's so, great. Um, that so one, real, real that choose this book as well. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, some of the others, um, we have the issue with the children that we're coming across. 
the original book was written in 2013. There was hardly any conversation about children coming across the border. Right. Where did I come up with that? Divine inspiration, then, uh, perhaps, right? I, I pray for children all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't have any of my own, and I just, they need more prayers because adults aren't listening. True. They, not enough. They didn't with us. And um, so anyway, I put that in there. I put one in on tyranny. I put one in there, a very short one for our um, world leaders. It's short to the point that they pay attention to what we need and that they, they're listening, not only to us, but to God. Um, our firemen, or um, our EMS, the EMS that was working on me when I died on that car accident. Right. Once he found out who I was, if it wasn't for him and God, right. combination, they needed to work on the body. God need, God and his angels needed to work on the spirit. Right. And I needed to make a choice because we have freedom of choice. Yeah. Which is like part of said, the problem. Like you said, everybody's got their role in life uh, their purpose, their reason for being here. And those EMS technicians were there to save you that day. That was their mission. You know, the funny thing about that young man that found out who was underneath, they put me aside. They were waiting for the morgue. They covered me up with a blanket. And when he found out who was underneath there, he would, I went to high school with him. Wow. His picture is not in the yearbook. He moved. Mm. Nobody knows where he went. It's gone. Earth angels, they come in all sizes. They can be a little black cat that decides, hey, something's wrong with mama. Or they can be some stranger who goes, I don't think you want to go that direction. Why don't you go over there? Why don't you go talk to somebody here? Angel means messenger. We give it mystical meanings. It means messenger. I, in some way, am a messenger, but that doesn't mean I have wings. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly you're a messenger. You've brought forth in your book these wonderful messages, these wonderful words. And I think it's almost works as like almost like a daily devotional. Just read one of those prayers every day to you know remind you of what you are grateful for and what right. you need to give thanks for and the guidance and intervention that we need in our lives i even have a prayer in there for being grateful mm. i also have another one called i call it the mail order to god m-a-l-e please send mm. me at the time i was um when i was single mm -hmm. i um I didn't want to be alone. And so I have in the book is male slash female order to God. Right. And it's put down what you want. And then at the bottom, it says, and if you have somebody better for me, please send them. Right. So I mean, gratefulness, forgiveness, children, grief. Um, it's 
all in there. The one that I wish I had put in that I didn't was marriage. Mm. I don't know why I didn't. I think because I had been through a divorce. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> For sure. I just put that one aside. I was like, um, and yeah, I don't know about that one. You could almost but put I, together I, a whole book on prayers for marriage. I mean, because people oh, are so yes, challenged easily. today and uh, need a good prayer when they're coupling, you know? Well, I have seven, seven partially written books. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the word now. Right. And part of the word now is I need to get this one going. I need to start doing motivational speaking. I need to start touching people's hearts and stepping out of massage, hmm. which is hard for me because I've been doing that since I was four. Right. My grandmother taught me to get rid of her headaches. So hmm. it's a vocation. And the more I don't listen, the more I find myself having problems with my right arm or my hand or my shoulder or my toe because I'm not obeying. I've heard the message, but I haven't heard the now. And so therefore I just keep doing what I do best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely stubborn. Yeah. I think it's nice how one of your clients in massage kind of helped bring this book together a little bit, you know, asking you about the prayers and admiring your prayers. Well, she's she's really heavy on my list right now because she's got uh, some issues that have come mm -hmm. up and she's having surgery tomorrow. So I sent her a message this morning, you know, for the right team, the right action, that it goes beautifully, that you come out of this and I will be at your house doing some hands-on healing because I also do that. Right. Yeah. You do some Reiki healing, correct? Yes, I'm a Reiki master. Tell me a little and, bit about that and how that works. Are you praying Reiki, while you're doing it, or I always do a prayer before I, I, I. If somebody is open to it, they will get an out loud prayer. Right. If they are not open to it, then I do a nice quiet one. Mm. And I, um, there was a song by Jewel, who wrote that these are God's hands, not my hands. Mm. The day I heard that song, I said, God, these are your hands. They're not mine. I, I tell people when I work on them, they know more than I do, and you know more than they do. Right. In other words, my hands will pick a tempo, and then I'll say, deeper, lighter, stay the same. 90% of the time, stay the same. And it doesn't matter if it's real easy or, or if I'm working on an Olympian like I did recently. Right. You know, you've got whatever, whatever it needs to be, the hands know. And because they're not mine, they're just attached to me. <laughs> right. Right. But that, but, uh, that power you harness from your prayers and fr um, from your beliefs and your spirituality, I'm sure is felt within the patient or the right. client. My hands get very hot. Yeah. If I'm dealing with somebody who's got an emotional issue, sometimes my hands will go cold because mm. they need to calm down. Right. And if I'm dealing with somebody with a physical issue, almost every massage I do has got some Reiki involved in it. They turn, they're on now. My hands are hot now right. while I'm talking to you. They're on. So it's, it's all good. The spirit is flowing through you. That's for sure. Tell me about this new book that you're writing. It's similar to this book. It's another collection of prayers. 
but it's a little more autobiographical. It's more autobiographical in the sense that it starts off with a dream that I had where it's before I come into life. And then as, as I've used prayers over the years, or I've been with my mother when she started using some prayers, she, she wrote a prayer one time for somebody that was told that they had stage four cancer, had mm-hmm. been in a car accident. They're perfectly fine. Then they were in a car accident. They found this. And she wrote a prayer out and was very emphatic. And then my, my mother's friend got a phone call. You don't need to come. We can't find any cancer in him. Wow. Two weeks later, gone. So it's, it's what was the question? No, we were <laughs> oh, talking yes. about uh, spirituality. Yeah. Right. So yeah. how it all builds in together and becomes, and yes, um, if I write a little bit about my marriage, there would be a prayer about some, you know, the correct decision-making, um, open your hearts to each other, paying attention. Pray I'm together. Sorry about the noise in the back. Oh, no worries. Pray together. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, the other day, my guy, he's a raised Catholic. He hadn't been for years. He was, um, anti religion, anti God. Mm-hmm. And the other day, something has happened to me where I have to have something physically fixed. Mm-hmm. And he knew I was upset. And he said, he grabbed my hand. He says, stop. We're going to pray. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? <laughs> 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 He's like, really? And he says, I've read you, I read your book all the time. You just haven't seen it by the, my side of the bed. So I found myself crawling over the side of the bed when he wasn't home. There it was. Nice. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I've been your, with him 22. 20, how many years? 22 years. Nice. Nice. Um, now, you talked a little bit about your husband's, you know, I guess, moving away from the Catholic Church a little bit. What are your thoughts about formalized religion? Do you still go to church? Um, what do you, we talked a little bit about the secularization of America. Where do you see yourself spiritually? Where do you think we should go as a nation? Um, on an individualized basis, I, I do not attend church right now mm-hmm. because I'm already already in prayer. I um, have been to a few and they're telling me things different than what I believe. Right. I believe we need to be more about love and not about judgment. In fact, in my book, there's just a couple of quotes in the Bible. And one is, you know, about judging. Mm. Um, It doesn't mean that I don't believe in boundaries. Right. I just believe that you should, because somebody's being a creep, you don't know what he just went through or she just went through or what they were raised with. It just means I don't have the time or the energy to have them in my space. Right. God bless them, send them love, and right. and, and 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 walk away. From yeah. From that. Um, thing about Ian hitting is I noticed how much stuff people had, just stuff, 
And we're so materialistic. Uh, some of the stuff was valuable. Some of the stuff had sentimental values. A lot of it would make you cry if you were to see it in person. Yeah. In fact, I've had people come down. I'm like, whatever you do, don't go down the side roads. Right. Come down in prayer. Stay in prayer. If you go to church, go to church. If you don't go to church, that shouldn't stop you. Well, first of all, the word should is like crapping on yourself. Don't use that word. Mm -hmm. um, look at people with your heart, not your emotions. In the sense, the heart is all love. But if you look at somebody who is doing something that you think is incorrect, there's different sides to a, a block different ways that you look at it. you've got the top side you've got all these other sides you've got the bottom you've got the middle hmm. same thing with a coin you're only seeing one side your side could be wrong right or misinterpreted so where should we be where there was that word should we need to be going towards loving and accepting Whoever's in power, we need to give them our energy to a point. We don't have to give them all our energy because we've got other people to do. I use God's energy. I'm like, okay, God, go help this person. Whoever's in charge of whatever it is. Um, it's not my place to judge. Yeah. The other day, we had a, a speaker at one of the places I work at who brought up the four agreements and one be true to your word and one of them was um this most important one to me and i can't remember it was a, about letting people be themselves right and i was like i have been angry at seven seven men mm -hmm. who don't know me they don't know me. Right. All of a sudden I realized, why am I holding that energy? They don't know me. One was a politician. Not one would think of, but one that cost me a hundred grand a year job. Right. Hmm. Knocked me down to $30,000. was angry at him for that. He doesn't know me. He didn't know what he did. He just knew he was protecting somebody else's assets. Right. Didn't think about me. So I don't have to think about him anymore. He's not very attractive, so I send him lots of love. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's good. You know, when you have hate, I'm not saying that was the feeling you had, but hate is a burden on you. So it's mm -hmm. much easier to put love out into the universe and to put hate out into the universe. It's much easier to put happiness out into the universe than it is to put anger out into the universe. And uh, I think that's what your book really helps people do is to look at their lives, look at creation, look at their connection and their relationship with God, whatever they imagine that to be or believe that is or feel that is or know that is. And I think that's what's great about your book. It um, it fits almost anyone's spirituality. I know in the um, book you often use the word creator instead of dear Lord Jesus or whatever. Um, right. Because you want it to be 
ecumenical, you want it to be open. Right. And and even in the beginning of it, it says if you use different words than I do, or you're uncomfortable with the words that I have, use your own. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Make it your and own. I make it your own. And it's all about life experiences. Yeah. And how to reframe them. You know, head on with a semi truck. Yeah. You would think that might be a really dark experience instead. I flipped it. Right. And I see it differently. Absolutely. Um, I slipped and I fell. I've got 11 torn muscles and tendons in my body. I have to stop doing massage. Why? Because I've got to write more books. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to take time out and go talk to people, give hope. Yeah. Well, your book is wonderful. It is called Prayer When You Don't Have the Words, I Walked With Jesus by Tamara Michelle Dobbs. It's available on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get the actual physical copy that you saw Tamara hold right there. And it is highly recommended for you to add it to your collection. No matter what your religion is, you will find peace. You will find love. You will find devotion. You will find happiness in these words because they're written by a woman who is beautiful inside and out mm -hmm. and we appreciate all of her great perspective that she's given us on love life and religion here today on the right way tamara thank you so much for joining us i am so honored thank you so much it's my pleasure and to the folks at home i'm logan crawford thanking you for your time this time until next time on the right